Hi everyone, Anthony Fantano here, internet's busiest music nerd, and it is time for another episode of the Needle Drop Podcast, and on this episode, we have a special interview with Arizona hip-hop outfit Injury Reserve. They have a new tape out titled Live from the Dentist Office. I just reviewed it over on the channel to rave reviews of my review, which was also rave. And <laughs> uh, on Skype with me right now, we have Richie with a T, Steppa. Jay Groggs, and we also have Parker Corey, the three members of Injury Reserve, and uh, we're just going to be talking with them about the new mixtape, just the, the the experience that they've been having kind of coming up right now and just gathering buzz off of this tape and just uh, their artistic process, uh, what they put into their lyrics, into their instrumentals, and uh, I don't know, probably talk about the Arizona hip-hop scene as well, which is which is thriving right now, right. I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best in the game. AZ I mean, there's, there's just so much competition. How did you guys break through? I mean, all of the I don't know, man. The it, was, it was levels, you know. We have to, we had to we had to like whew, we had so many like sit down meetings with every ranking. Um it was a full process to be honest with you. Hmm. Just to get a tape out. Yeah, yeah, just to get it. Like we had to ask people if we were allowed to release the tape, you know. We had to clear the dates with all the other like major artists out here. Yeah, so we're all good now. Yeah, you guys, you guys played a lot of shows. I'm sure you performed at a lot of ciphers, kissed a lot of rings. Oh gosh! <laughs> Just to get permission to to be able to perform in the area and and get your tape out, and uh, I mean, and and it's and it's great that you did because uh, I I think the tape came out came out really good. Um, I'm sure I'm sure that glass popcorn kid gave you a hell of a time. Uh, oh yeah, he's. Um... He's a le- he's like the only legend in our eyes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he had that he he you know he had that viral hit on YouTube and um uh uh and and right there, I mean, you you know you're essentially like looking at that you know in Arizona, you're just like man, we got to pass this dude out. But then you thought, dude, let's team up and have him on the mixtape, which I thought was really smart. That was really strategic of you guys. Yeah, we actually. Um our, he's actually a good friend of ours now. Um, it used to be kind of like that, and he was like a myth. He's almost like a myth out here. People don't even know if he's actually a real thing. And I mean, he is. He's Tempe's own, you know. And um, he's he's a well-respected like artist, and he um, DJs and stuff, and he does debate. Like he's a he's a brilliant kid. Mm-hmm. So it was obviously we actually became friends with him, and we actually use him for a lot of opinions and stuff like that for kind of like final yes and no questions there's some things that we aren't sure sometimes we won't be sure how we feel about things and we've kind of like asked a couple people and split it up and we'll be like all right his name's will so we'll go like hey will like what do you think about this and we tell ourselves like whatever he says goes because <laughs> he's like he you know i mean you, you you know how he is so it's just like if whatever he says goes let's oh, do I, know, it. I know how he is i do exactly. well I, I what i also know is he freaking writes music reviews yes because yeah. as soon as i started looking into him i saw that he had some music reviews out there uh, what one very negative one for the new yes. uh, Tame Impala record, which yes. uh, uh, he caught some some heat over on uh, on a few music forums that I go on, which was pretty funny. Yeah, it was uh, definitely interesting. It was actually the first time I've ever um, seen him kind of not I'm not gonna say shooken up, but kind of like 
Hmm, I might have to take a break with some. I've never, ever... I mean, obviously, he gets a lot of shit for everything he does, for what t- kind of music he used to make and stuff like that, obviously. But And he's nothing seems like it's ever bothered him. But that actually, in my opinion, might have kind of gotten in his skin a little bit. And, um, I mean, he's a great guy. What, and, the uh, response to his review? I mean, it was just so yeah. crazy. People are going deep. People yeah. were like, like he, people were very obsessive about it. Like someone reviewed our show because he played our album release show, uh-huh. and someone reviewed our al- his performance at our album release show, and it was like bar for bar, like his his review for that, but it was like replacing his name. <gasps> That's people hilarious were about it. So, I mean, hey, listen, I mean, I've 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 been on the other end of that hate a few times, so I mean, uh, I I I know. I know what he's dealing with, um, but uh, but yeah, you know, to sort of put yourself out there in an artistic way while simultaneously doing reviews can be a really difficult thing to do. Right. He also hasn't really been releasing a lot of stuff like recently. He's now just now releasing stuff under his government name, so which is really cool, and it's like totally different. So he's kind of way past. I mean, I don't want to really speak for him, but he's way past all the glass pop stuff. He doesn't want to be seen as like looked at as a joke or like he's disrespecting a, a art form or a, a culture that he really respects and like looks up to. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I, uh, let's let's try to get into what you guys are actually doing now. Yeah, because that's that's really who we're here to talk about. Um, but uh, but one thing that I that I think that sort of translates in his music um, that, that I think is also true of your music, which is, you know, why I understand why you would have him on there is that, you know, there does sort of seem to be like a, an element of, of comedy there, at least like, uh, um, like he doesn't seem to take himself too seriously. I can't account for his new stuff under his government name that you were just talking about, but um, you know what I've heard of his stuff th- so thus far, and I feel like you guys share a similar characteristic. You know, not exactly like you're making joke music, but you guys seem to have a very sharp sense of humor that you like to use in your songs. Yeah. You know, how, how do you go about? And, and not that you know, I think that there's a definite answer to this, but um, I, I think using comedy in any kind of musical art form is uh, is sort of frowned upon because automatically people think you're disrespecting you know uh, whereas that's not necessarily the case you know you can incorporate comedy into something that you're doing and and still have it be really skillful and well thought out and and full of respect for what you're trying to make right i i, I completely agree i know most of the like the quote-unquote comedy coming from my part on the album is is really mostly like me making like making fun of my like average life and me thinking that some of my average struggles are really a big problem mm-hmm. and i think that it's something that people can really relate for so i mean i i really try don't really don't want to be like disrespectful or like offend any people or, or like group of people or anything like that so i think like when it comes to my side most of the comedy really is like me making fun of my i don't know like yeah, that's my average like, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of just like, the best way I would like compare it to is kind of like how, Ye- how, how Kanye is a lot on like College Dropout or how a lot, uh, Fonte is a lot on like his like solo record and stuff like that, where yeah. it's just like speaking on like av- average people problems. Hmm. And, and some of them are black man problems, but I actually didn't speak a lot like as, as a black individual that much like or speak on like my problems with that it's mostly just like being an average yeah being an average like young male 
that is I'm I'm not like I'm pretty like middle class or whatever. So I I'm not sure really. It, it none of it is like fully I don't think of it before like all right, I'm going to be funny on this record. It's just like I just say what I say and it's just like next bar you're just like, "Oh, this is funny or it's not." I don't know. I mean, I I think uh I I I obviously enjoy and and respect a lot of the hip hop music that has has come through since the 90s that takes this really strong message of of black struggle and puts it into the music in a creative way but i mean you know it could it could be argued that a lot of hip-hop's earliest songs um you know sort of deal in those more everyday and average struggles i mean that's what a guy like bismarcky was about that's yeah what, that's what the beastie boys constantly brought up um and that's a, a like one of the earliest most classic hip-hop singles like curtis blows the brakes yeah. it's yeah. like is like nothing but dorky inconveniences thrown into a song with a really catchy hook yeah um yeah. it sounds like, like a started <laughs> as party music right? yeah so I mean, you know, like the 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 idea of it just being the the daily struggles of your average person dealing with just stupid annoyances um that that you could kind of put into a song and make it funny and make it entertaining. Um you know, I mean that's the there's nothing unhip hop about that. Yeah, necessarily. Like- but um but but obviously you guys aren't uh, uh uh, and, and, and Richie, I know that we were kind of talking about this back and forth on Twitter, um, but, uh, it's, it's, but just because this doesn't come up in your songs or your verses too, too often, it doesn't mean that like, you know, race isn't like an important topic to you. Right. I mean, um, I mean, kind of just to aware like the listeners about this pretty much, um, me and Anthony had a conversation because I had some guy i saw some guy that was tweeting about us and saying that we make like i guess cack music it was a term i'd never I've seen never cac term. i guess it's like a, a ktt term i, I had no <laughs> idea about our manager's a big ktt guy but it was like we make like white people music and i was very like i was very i, I kind of wanted to see what everyone's opinions were on it because i never thought of our music as as white music and i never thought of it as like black music and it's definitely something that I think I am aware of, especially like, um, don't take this in a weird way, but after, cause you obviously broaden our horizons when you did the review and I'm just really, I'm, I still have this thing where I really want to target like a, a black audience and, and it's something that is one of our goals and I don't know how to do it. Like our, our most urban quote unquote urban cosign is ill roots. So mm-hmm. it's just like, um, it's something that I'm trying to, f- like, because I, I don't want to come out like, oh yeah, black, 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 and I and I and I love black, but it's just, it was, I was so confused about like how we make quote unquote white music. But then I also saw that they said Childish Gambino makes white music, so I was like, okay, if I, if that's what that is, then I guess all co- I don't know. It was very yeah. strange because what, do you have something that uh, I don't. <sighs> It's very confusing. I mean, is 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 that is that a charge that you would like, you know, uh, uh, aggressively reject? Like, if somebody had had argued to you that Childish Gambino makes white music, that, that you, you, know, you would you would jump into that argument right away? I don't because uh, there is like I don't know. I I do think there's a genre of like white hip hop, and I don't think either of us are in that. Yeah, I mean, I the biggest like, Arizona rap, rapper, the biggest Arizona rapper, like modern, like right now, his name's Futuristic, and he makes white rap music. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. He he co-signs he co-signs white people to say the n-word, which is something we're ridiculously against. 
um, Phoenix New Times actually wrote. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Phoenix New Times wrote an article about it, calling him a cavalier. Pretty much, he has this thing where he says it's all right for white people to say the n word. He like it's a point to tell like he say he'll at like shows. at his shows like he'll he'll like stop his show and like count everyone down and tell them to say that. And it's something that we're so like not it's with and watch. it's like so disgusting because wow, it's, like, it's like really a cause for him it's <laughs> no no it's his thing no no yeah. it's like his new thing and i mean right now, like it's it's really bad so it's, it's just like, it just sounds like it's something he's really championing you know he's yeah, like really like phoenix new times is behind it which is a which i mean, I mean it's I don't it's not a, i don't care saying. well i don't i don't care but it's just like i mean i don't care about them obviously i care that they're behind it but we've had multiple things with them like they were the ones who wrote the who kind of misquoted us them. a little bit Mm-hmm. about an article about us saying that we're the only good like rap act in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And they, I, yeah. I mean, we are, so I don't know what else we're supposed to say. Oh, shit. I don't even want to like... Well, I mean, you know, honestly, like, I think... I think I, I think what we're seeing with artists, like, with, with you guys, with, um, you know, and, and this isn't like, you know, a stylistic comparison, but with you guys, with Childish Gambino, with Odd Future... And um, and a lot of other artists, I think what we're seeing is more of like a racial shift, uh, not not a racial shift, more of a generational shift than a racial shift. Because honestly, I mean, as much as I love uh, uh, a lot of hip hop music that has a grittier, more old school tone, has more of a, a strong theme of black pride or even black power. I think that a lot of younger kids, both black and white don't necessarily uh, identify with some of that stuff 100% because they're sort of more ingrained into their modern sort of internet era struggles that artists like Childish Gambino are a little bit more in tune to. And I think as a result of that, um, you have a lot of artists, uh, a lot of music fans who line up both black and white to sort of hear these artists that they kind of see eye to eye with. Um, You know, a lot of these rappers who are more suburban, both black and white, don't necessarily identify or don't necessarily have the experience to kind of tell the same story a guy like Nas tells. So they're telling a story instead from their own personal perspective that appeals to more people because, I mean, what the kind of struggle that Nas had was a very specific sort of struggle and was a very specific kind of upbringing that, uh, unfortunately, because a lot of people from suburbia both black and white, but mostly white because, I mean, let's face it, that's most of suburbia, uh, don't necessarily identify with because that's not their story. I mean, sure, there are white people who can empathize and can tune into that story and do their best to understand it. Um, But that story, what Nas is saying on a record, isn't going to connect with them as much as it is with somebody who had a similar experience. And that's the thing. And I feel like mostly it's just us being like honest. And and it's strange that people are like so mad about us being honest because I can really sit here and lie and rap about things that I'm really not about or not trying to live. And I even think like even if it even goes like earlier, like even like when Ye first came out, like when Kanye first came out, even Drake is the biggest rap artist right now. And Drake's I mean, sometimes I feel like he's a, a tad bit ingenuine, but I feel, even Drake's like suburban, like you know what I mean. So, oh yeah, Drake just, is suburban it, as hell. And and the it, thing is, exactly. even though even though Kanye, when he came out, he wasn't really suburban in the same way that Drake was. People gave him a hard time for just not being hard, exactly. like a lot of the other people who he came up with. 
And obviously he are, you know, in terms of relevancy has outlasted a lot of those people because, uh, you know, he changed with the times and, and, you know, he saw opportunities to change and to, you know, hop onto new trends and to new ideas and took those chances. Whereas his competition that was, you know, shitting on him for wearing pink polos just kind of stuck to their, you know, the same kind of narratives that you might hear a guy like young Jeezy put out there. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, while, that's definitely a, a an authentic real life story that deserves to be told. Um, if you're talking about mass appeal and music that's going to, you know, uh, capture the imaginations of many different people, uh, Kanye, you know, is is a little bit more, I guess, of a, a wider appeal. Um, right. And 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 I think um, I don't know. I, I I think somebody kind of putting you guys down. Um, for for making music that could potentially appeal to a white listener just because you know you your regular everyday experiences that you're rapping about for no other reason than that you experience them um just so happens to appeal to this uh, group of people who aren't the same race as you i don't know it just it just kind of seems like somebody's trying to police what the black experience is you know like um right. Like if as as soon as somebody who's black is rapping about a black experience that is different than what you typically hear in mm-hmm. hip hop music, like they want to put it down, uh, almost as if like keeping the narrative this one single thing is is good or somehow helpful. Right, and I mean the funny thing about it is Parker was I mean we when we go in we go in and Parker was kind of scrolling through the guy's Twitter like all right let's see what this guy's about like maybe this guy <laughs> really is really this tastemaker that he says he is and he was like bragging about how he was trying to put everyone on to Lil Dicky in 2013 huh like dude Lil Dicky's racist like have you seen have you listened to some of the things he says you know right. so how are you gonna like have so you seen have you seen my fucking review what'd you say have you seen my review exactly <laughs> that's what I'm saying like. It's just like, at that point, I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't care about this guy. And it was funny because I actually like said, I, I've actually been kind of trolling on him ever since. Yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. A little bit too much attention for me. But it definitely, <laughs> when it happened, it definitely sparked my interest. And that's when I asked you about it because I wanted to see what your opinion was on it. I was like, hey, like, how do you feel? Like, what is this? Do you even know what this? Because at first, I didn't even know what it meant. So yeah, like, I've, I've never even heard of that term, although it's funny to hear you say that it might have come from KTT, because that's a strange forum for it to erupt from, I think. I mean, that's isn't that what Nick said? I mean, that was the first time I encountered it. Oh. That was, I don't, Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, other. I mean, hopefully the KTT guys don't hate us now. Cause we, well, we just encountered it because it was like, on like someone said it about just like the cover, because they assumed that Nick was like the only, like the artist. Because like, our Nick manager is the guy that's on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, b- yeah. b- b- before I ask this question, a uh, shout out to KTT. Yeah. Um, yeah. we know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> so being, being a hip hop group that I think has, you know, um, I mean, personally that I don't think there's anything and this is just my personal opinion. I don't think personally there's anything like white about your sound. The, 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 the artists who in hip hop, who immediately sort of, you register to me as like influences of yours are are black um you know especially a lot of the people who i listed in 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 that review yes. uh, but but uh, anyway um but but still you know that doesn't mean that there isn't kind of like a um a, a bit of a, a a play on 
these racial stereotypes being made sort of with the front cover of your mixtape, you know, I mean, you you know, so, so, so obviously, I mean, while you're not making music that, that you think is, is, is supposed to be white in any sort of manner, just for white listeners or not for black listeners. um, Obviously you're sort of playing with that idea with the cover. Exactly. (laughs) That's all. So, I I mean, yeah, exactly. But like, you know, so, so, so what, you know, how exactly are you trying to make a joke of this situation with the cover or sort of, you know, take the piss out of it, I guess. It really wasn't as like satirical as it made. I mean, it was kind of like we we were really approaching approaching it like what is as interesting as possible visually. And obviously, as it has like that touch to it, it definitely wasn't it definitely doesn't have any like a me- deep meaning to it. I mean, you want to speak on it? Cause it was really um, idea. Yeah, I really like. I don't know. I, I like the way it came out a lot because, like, um, I feel like it fits, like, all the songs, which is, like, almost impossible, like, considering, like, how we like, different some of the songs are. Because, hmm. like, there's definitely the satirical edge, but, like, a lot of people wanted, like, when we were working on it, like, people we were, like, getting opinions from and stuff, like, almost wanted to, like, push that further even. And that seemed almost, like, too jokey, like, almost, like, odd future-ish, in a way. Yeah, because we didn't want it to seem, like, too much of a mockery. We wanted it to be very simple and intriguing, but at the same time, we didn't want to look like we're not taking ourselves seriously. And so, like, at the end of the day, I really like how, like, the teeth are, like, subtly, like, the gold, and it kind of references, like, the dentist thing, but we're not, like, taking a picture in a dentist chair or something, like, way too, like, obvious. Sure, sure, sure. And, like... It's very injury reserve if you really think about it because it, it it's very <laughs> it's very upfront and like simple and clean but it's it's not too serious but it's not like way too joke it's exactly what you said it's like serious joke what did you say what was your you had some quote that some one of my uh, friends I, I, I was I just oh um you mean like when we were talking on Twitter no well, in the review fun. in the review it's like serious serious fun, serious fun. <laughs> it it's that's how it is really yeah, it it just kind of seems like, you know, while while you guys do seem to have a lot of fun making your music, it also seems like simultaneously you put a lot of effort into it as well. Yeah. Like it's not just this sort of little dicky kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> where where like, you know, I think he I think he puts an immense amount of effort into his music from like a technical standpoint, but from like a philosophical standpoint, there are like so many holes on the record all over the place. And 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 while, you know, it might seem like really unnecessary or like um, uh, r- really just way too much or even pretentious to be like, well, let's bring philo- let's let's philosophically demean or just put down this album. But I think it's important when you consider the fact that he's putting out these joke songs that I mean, a lot of the time are not that funny and you could debate on the quality of those joke songs. It's whatever. But simultaneously, there are also tracks on there where he's talking about how he wants to have this lasting influence, essentially change the game in some kind of way, be in like a ton of people's top five, while also saying that I'm not making the kind of music I want to make. And, you know, these joke songs aren't really my full potential. And I have all this great stuff, you know, just just wait till you hear all this great stuff. But I'm just kind of selling this stuff because it's popular. And I don't know, I kind of feel like any listener especially a listener who's a fan of those joke songs should be offended by that like the artist who you think is really great is essentially telling you that you don't have any taste and that you're just buying into this farce 
Yeah. <laughs> Whereas for, for 11 tracks, you guys seem like authentically yourselves on the tape. Yeah. Whereas, that's like the biggest thing that we push is like to never, even when it's in the creative process, like to do everything naturally and not try to force anything. Like even it's like everything. I'll always say like, let's not tr- like try to do it. Let's not miss any opportunities, but ne- let's not push something that's it. like completely uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, for the sake of reaching anything it's genuine is something we push really really i I, there's not one lie in the whole entire album there isn't anything i don't believe in is there any lies now the the one grog's line was just like earlier dated about um, what (laughs) well no that's it it's just stuff that we made in the moment i guess like not the case anymore like in the current Oh, well, I don't have a job anymore, so I don't work at Foot Locker anymore, so I guess that's a lie. But when you did it, it was... I was, work, I was, so at, work, I was at work. But when right you did it, yeah, I was working at Foot Locker. Has, <laughs> since since the uh, uh, the whole Hulk Hogan debacle, has, has Stepa put, <laughs> oh, put away is... his, his Hulk colors? Has he put the Hulk colors away? As long as we're talking about alterations not, since the release of the tape. I have not uh, worn the Hulk shirt since. And at our album release show, I switched up the lyrics to Fuck a Hulkamaniac. I get it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That. So the Hulk, uh, the the Hulk, the Hulk shirt is is essentially decommissioned at this point. It's retired right now. <laughs> it's retired right now. <laughs> okay. Never. Any other sort of uh, uh, alterations to the to the routine or anything? Any any kind of ideological shifts that have occurred since the tape came out? Um, I'm trying to think. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously there are no other glaring ones. No. But the, 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 what, what I want to ask is like. Uh, in hip hop where, you know, kind of this art form that it's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's like, um, it's, it's such, uh, it's such an interesting art form in that, you know, it, it sort of emphasizes this realness and this seriousness, but yet, you know, there's so much like fakeness rampant everywhere. And, and often that fakeness makes tons of money. And sometimes even when you just like force fans to even realize or look at this fakeness head on, they're just like, whatever you know is is it kind of hard to do a tape uh, of 11 tracks and and tell no lies um, is is that like a you know is is that is that a world record or something at this point like right. in the current day and age like how many tracks have you gone on your mixtape or your album without telling a lie it really might be it, that's what's so sad We're and very I, honest i guess may, maybe it's because we don't feel like pressure to prove anything at this point like maybe at the next record i'm like dang i might have to lie about this <laughs> Cause it's just like, yeah, I might have to do some drugs now. (laughs) No, but it's just like, we don't feel any pressure at this point. We didn't feel any pressure to, to impress any type of audience that, cause we really had no audience and now we do, which is almost terrifying that we have people like waiting and listening to to the things we have to say or the thing, even the things that we have to tweet. Oh God, it sucks. I have to like watch what I tweet and stuff. It's weird. Uh, Now knowing that there's people like waiting and watching, and it's something that um, it's definitely going to be approached, hopefully just as genuine and simple and honest in the next project. I mean, I, I, I'm almost positive we will be, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I can't necessarily account for all the things that, you know, artists like Childish Gambino or Tyler, the creator, are saying right now. But 
I think that's sort of the appeal and just sort of the uh, what was so entertaining about those artists for a lot of people when they initially came out. You know, they didn't necessarily have any strong ties to any sort of, you know, hip hop artists or hip hop scene or anything. So they didn't really have to come up sort of already with this kind of script in hand of things that they needed to be saying or kind of lyrics that they needed to be uh, yeah. writing or, you know, things that they needed to be referencing or addressing. So, you know, while you guys do come from this area that isn't really known for its, uh, uh, uh for, for taking part in hip hop, um, you know, I, I think the, I think the fact that you are sort of isolated in that sense has allowed you to kind of just, you know, have this whatever we want sort of approach to the things that you say and the things that you want to do on the record. And, and I think that's what, you know, a, a lot of people who, you know, sort of take part in the music world through the internet are like, I mean, where, where I'm from, we don't necessarily have a strong, you know, internationally or nationally known music scene. I mean, I think some of the most famous artists that came out of here were just like some hardcore bands in the, in the nineties and the two thousands, mm. um, you know, in, uh, in Connecticut, like in the two thousands, hate breed was really big. Um, but, uh, but you know, that's, that's really kind of it for us. I mean, a lot of our biggest musicians moved other places, you know, to sort of pursue music, but, um, you know, thanks to the internet, uh, I can, you know, sometimes at local venues, I can go catch a band like Anamanaguchi, like sell out a show and like that kind of eight bit, pop punk shit would have never sold any tickets. Like when I was in high school, you know, right. like nobody knew what the hell any of that shit was. Um, so I think, uh, the, the fact that you guys are kind of separate out there in a way has kind of given you this, this freedom, you know, this lack of pressure that you've obviously taken advantage of. Yeah. I actually have never thought of it that way. We, we, um, to be honest, we normally kind of shun Arizona away from, like the injury reserve brand as possible because we really don't take that much inspiration from Arizona mm. like at all. And, but I've never really thought about how it's really given us the ability to just do what we want to do because we aren't really surrounded by any certain sound or lifestyle um, that is like portrayed, you know, you know what I mean? Cause so, there's some like locations where with rap, like you, you almost feel like you have to make a certain like sub genre of rap because of what location you are. And really there's nothing people have to expect out of Arizona. So I've, I've never really thought of it that way. Um, it's one thing that we have always been like found to always say though is that we genuinely don't really draw a lot of inspiration from Arizona um, at all, really, when it comes to like the scene or anything. Um, maybe like maybe the live maybe the live show, but I don't think that's really specific to Arizona. It's just specific to the scene that we got introduced to by our manager when it came to just like like indie like punk house shows and and stuff like that. That really forced us to push a lot of energy and. Um, have a lot of fun and be very genuine. So that was something that really made our lives so a lot more energetic and in your face. But I, I think that that's that little house show scene is seen anywhere. So I don't think it's really specific to Arizona. It's just specific to the small group of people that are like-minded out here that live in the same area, really. Well, it kind of, it kind of sounds like, uh, and, and you guys were performing before this tape had even dropped from what I understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it kind of sounds like in order to kind of make headway, uh, in, in your immediate area, you had to just kind of appeal to people that didn't really kind of have, uh, a lot of those narratives or a lot of uh, uh those ideas or those musical sort of assumptions going into oh these guys are a hip-hop act you know oh because i live in new york i sort of have 
uh, predetermined ideas to how this person should sound, you know, right. especially, especially if they're from the same place that I am. Um, but you know, it, it kind of sounds like uh, you guys were playing for audiences that weren't necessarily big hip hop fans. Like you were just saying, like the more indie crowd and that. Sort yeah, of thing. definitely. It was, everyone was definitely at first when we started performing, we actually had a band. So people were like, Oh, well at least they have a band. I guess we can respect them a little bit. And now we don't play with the band. We sound a lot better without the band. Sure. Um, but we definitely were the only rap act that was like taken very seriously. Um, and people were kind of iffy about it. And I mean, this is kind of embarrassing. I mean, it's not embarrassing, but it's kind of sad. But they were iffy about it all the way up to like when you when they saw that you liked us, because obviously that crowd is like a big fan of 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 you and what you introduced to a lot of them. Yeah. So then we there was like a guy that kind of is like pretty big out in the scene, and he he like noticed like almost went out of his way to kind of prove to me that he didn't really like us or didn't really want to support us. And he would like leave, leave at big shows like right before we played, be like, "Oh, sorry, I had to leave." Blah blah. blah. I'm like, "Okay, whatever." And now and then after you, um, I, after and they didn't know that you had actually shared one of our old stuff like a, kind of a while back, but. Mm. Then they were just like, oh, it's just everyone now is now is like, oh, I guess injury reserve is good. And it's like, oh, thanks. We've been trying to tell you guys we were good like for a year, you know, I mean, even though we've only been good for like four ever since we dropped whatever, dude. But yeah. Yeah, I can't even remember how I mean, it, it, it honestly must have been one of you. But ever since one of you passed me that whatever, dude, video, it's it's just been like, oh, wow, you know, this is like really good. And, and, and I, I mean, am I correct in that? Did one of you pass me the whatever dude video? Is that how it happened? Or did I stumble across it somewhere else? I actually shared one of the songs off of our first EP. Oh, did I? Yeah. (laughs) The EP is really bad. So I'm glad that you, I'm hoping to God you've never even listened to it. It's really, really, (laughs) you know, I, I probably liked that one song. And then from there, when you did that, whatever dude thing, you passed me that video. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We passed okay. that, and then you were like, "Oh, this is really cool." And then it was like, "Yeah, yeah." I mean, I, I, I mean, uh, if we could talk about another thing, I mean, I think, I think all the videos you guys have done for this project so far have been awesome too. I mean, obviously, you didn't spend a ton of money on any of these videos, but the ideas that you get across in all the videos are awesome. Um, you know, just the the whole concept of seeing that whole whatever dude video inside of a social media app. was you know borderline genius um you know then the whole video where you guys are essentially just like i mean where did you do the whole um everybody knows video on top of like a plexiglass yeah we had to purchase a big piece of plexi like we paid like 250 dollars worth of plexiglass uh and built like a a way to stand it up and it we had to get on. It was so up. scary. <laughs> it was so sketchy. There was nothing supportive at all, especially for Grogs because he's pretty I'm a big. big dude. That was a sketchy. and it was terrifying <laughs> to be because it was high too. It was at least probably like five feet high. So yeah, like, because there's just all that. It seemed like there was a ton of space between the camera and you. Yeah, it so had it had to be up high. It was pretty scary. So we actually purchased a piece of glass. We came up with the idea. And we were that video actually has an old video, and it once we changed the song, the song has changed a lot. We got mm-hmm. the first video in like December, October. Yeah. Then we changed the song in like March, and then we reshot a new video in like 
we kind of like sat down and we're going through other like really simple like quote unquote rap videos that were just like oh this is just a simple rap video and it's just visually really cool because we didn't have any crazy ideas for it like we did whatever dude yeah. yeah so and then we saw like the i think it was the fucking problems video the asap one and there's like this little shot that i think it was just because she was dancing on a little glass table but it was like shot under and it was like this girl shaking her ass on the table <laughs> And we we're like, whoa! What if we did a whole video like that, and then it just we did it exactly. That's that's exactly the I I love that that's how you're thinking. You know, it's like you see the girl shaking her ass on the table, and you're like, <laughs> that's where I want to be. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That's where we should be in this video. That's great. <laughs> okay, and yeah, and 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 by the end of the video, like pretty much everybody's fingerprints and like you know face face grease oh, was like gross. all yeah. over the glass. Like it's it's yeah. it's funny how when you're watching the the video, the glass is just getting progressively dirtier. Yeah. Like the, uh, the, the, so, so, but yeah, I mean the, the, the video so far, I mean, it just kind of seems like you guys are, are doing a good job of sort of adapting to this era where I, I think a lot of musicians have sort of fallen to the wayside and, and understandably so because you know, the music industry has changed so much, but you know, it's, it seems like you guys are doing a good job of adapting to this era where new musicians have to do their own PR they have to think of and budget for their own music videos. They have to do their own production. They have to, you know, either be building their own studio or make sure that they're, you know, budgeting for the money it's going to take for them to do studio time. And they're going to have to come up with their own album art too. Um, and you guys are just like really doing it all. Yeah. And I mean, to speak on that, cause a lot of people don't know like where the title came from. Like we actually do record in a dentist office. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I mean, I guess it's a former dentist office, or it's currently no. being used as a dentist office. It's currently used. It's just like a side room that we get to use during like off business hours. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's that's, that's not that's not a lie either. It really is live. So there dentist. really is nothing that is a lie on this record. <laughs> <laughs> not even the title. <laughs> not even the title. Not even the title. That's actually that's actually pretty. I was I was just going to give you guys that one because I figured it was figurative. No, but that's what that's what I hope we have. We're we're a little bit cooler with the figurative stuff in the future. But so, everything so when you, pretty- so when you were talking about earlier about uh, we didn't want to do a dentist chair or anything, that was like actually a real possibility. Oh yeah, yeah. it would have been. Way- <laughs> there's like there's like little like YouTube live clips of us performing really shitty songs in the dentist office. <laughs> um. You know, please please get some good cameras together and everything, and do a nice video in the dentist's office. Because honestly, I mean, how many rap videos have taken place in a dentist's office? I mean, it just kind of seems like it would be another first. Yeah, exactly. We've definitely, obviously, we've definitely thought about it, and we we haven't figured out how to do it without it being not. I mean, I, I guess the lighting, corny. Is the lighting is weird too. I do want to just like have just grogs in the dentist chair being pushed around, though. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, we'll yeah, there you, there was a little Snapchat shot in like the very the first cut of the whatever dude video, mm-hmm. and it never made it. Yeah. I th- I think um, I mean I I think it's worth kind of just addressing here. It's like there there are a lot of young musicians out there who message me all the time, and uh, you know either just out of the blue or out of a response of maybe a video like um I, I did this video recently where I told artists like you know don't pay to open up for bands you know that makes no fucking sense you're just getting ripped off 
but there are a lot of people that are just, you know, asking me like, how do I get started? How do I, you know, do this? How do I do that? You know, how do I even start getting my music out there? How do I start recording my music? And, and it just seems like, you know, everybody, please like take note. These guys are running it and gunning it, you know, inside of a room bordering with a dentist's office. Literally. And yet the music sounds professionally pulled together, you mm. know? Like you, you, you wouldn't listen to it and think that, you know, this was put together sort of on the fly or on a really low budget. You know, the beats are just really bassy and juicy and the vocals are recorded really well. Um, it's just like a really well assembled project that you wouldn't necessarily assume is coming from a bunch of people that are doing a recording in a room next to a dentist's office. Yeah. At, during after hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely um, during after hours, the little houses right like uh, across the wall don't like that. But <laughs> yeah, sort of. Um, one one song in particular that I wanted to ask you guys about because it seems like there are a lot of tracks on here where you talk about like a lot of personal stuff in in a, in a joking way. Um, uh, but sort of a song that takes a really serious turn on the record is "Washed Up." And um, it, it just kind of seems like there was a really specific idea or maybe just like instance or experience that kind of uh, influenced that track. I mean, is it a, a does it have anything to do with sort of the immediate area that you guys are coming from and sort of uh, trying to, you know, be the musical act that you are in the scene that you're in the midst of? Or is it something else? It's like that and then else, too. It's like both, I think. Right. Can you can you can you ask me again? I'm yeah, sorry. Was washed, you just asked me like how washed up was like affected by like where we're from. Oh, uh, washed up was pretty much. I mean, for me, it was it was just really really annoying because even after we we dropped whatever dude and it was like, hey, we we're this our video is better than your video. Our song is <laughs> better than your song. Why are you still putting yourself on the same level as me? Like, like at least just give me my. Like, ignore us. It, it know, was like it, it was mostly on the younger. It was funny because it was mostly towards like the young, the kids that are our age that are making music out here because we don't really know about like all the quote unquote Arizona rap legends or whatever. And it's funny <laughs> because they're the ones that actually got the the most mad because of the Phoenix New Times article because that article was actually a write-up for the... It was supposed to just be a write-up for the video, but the quote, like, the title ended up being, like, Injury Reserve calls itself the only rap, good rap act in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But... So what happens was, it was pretty much just me being frustrated that people were either going out of their way to ignore that we're doing well, or they were still, like... like and I understand if you're gonna, like, compare yourself to us. It's just... Like, even, I don't even like futuristic music, but I can admit that he's done bigger things than we have. So I don't like, at, when we were at our ground, like, when we were at the baseline parts of what we were making, I never was putting ourselves on the same level as him because I was just respecting that he worked hard and made it out of here and is making a lot of money off of these little, like, white kids and touring around. And t- I mean, it was whatever. I don't like what he does, but I at least was giving him the respect that he did like he was doing it and we weren't getting that like people were still putting themselves on the same level as us that were getting youtube beats and putting them and just throwing them on soundcloud and asking and adding blogs and telling them to post them you know what i mean it was just like you can at least put like admit that i'm better than you right now i'm not saying that i'm better than you forever but i've worked way too hard i've we've we've 
fought with each other. You know what I mean? We've wor- we've been mad at our each other. So like we've just done way too much for to be disrespected out here. So that's where that song really originally came from. Hmm. Well, I, I think it's a. Uh, uh, I think there are a lot of people who are my age and older who sort of. Um, I guess kind of uh, uh, put down this new era of music or just kind of put down the modern era because it's not quite as ingrained in the whole idea of the local music scene as it used to be. But Mm -hmm. I think that uh, even though there isn't kind of that close knit, you know, sort of scene uh, all over America, you know, different smaller scenes and different local sort of tastes and flavors and, and everything in each place. I think that that's kind of a show of, uh, you know, exactly the kind of downside of that sort of system. The moment that you try to step out of it, you know, or the moment that you have an opinion that doesn't go with the status quo in that immediate area, you know, all of a sudden everybody hates you or, you know, like rumors have flown around to the point where, you know, you can't get any support locally or just the, the the people who let's say for example i mean maybe you're in a metal band and all the people around you in your local scene are just like you know singer songwriters or something and that's like all the scene wants to hear and all the scene wants to support but you know sort of uh playing the metal music that you want to play doesn't get you anywhere um but at least you know sort of in today's era you can put it on the internet and gain an audience that none of these people local to you knew even existed Right, and the the biggest thing for us was that we're not. I'm not going to co-sign or like say that I like someone's music in Arizona just so we can start creating some scene or movement. Like I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, you're good, or tell someone that they're better than they really are just so we can ha- like start creating this movement. There's two local artists on the record, and those are the only two. I I also have another friend named Sai, but the only two like quote unquote rap acts that I'm like, oh this this these people are good and. Mm-hmm. Glass doesn't make rap music anymore, and Demi Hughes moved to Atlanta. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's not that I'm going out of my way to not co- quote-unquote co-sign people, because a lot of these people don't know that I've actually heard their stuff before, like, they even, like, started hearing about us. I've been going out of my way to try to find people that are good. Of course I want to work with people, but I'm also not going to tell people that they're good if or they're if they're not, you know, because so people know like just, just so they'll like us or just so we'll get some movement going, you know, you know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. No, I hear you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you guys have a certain sound that you want to make. And, I mean, you're not necessarily just looking for people who, uh, uh, I mean, obviously everybody sort of has their own definitions of, of good and bad. But I right. mean, you're, you're looking for something that's going to fit into the sound that you're trying to make. Right. And in your immediate area, you're not running a lot, across a lot of people like that and uh you know to sort of talk about who you do have featured on the record not that there's a ton of features on the record to begin with but probably the one that sticks out the most to anybody who's um even a casual fan of uh just modern rap is probably the chuck english feature that you got on here yes which i mean you know uh how exactly did that go down i mean what did not even take that much convincing i mean once he heard the music he was just on board or was it something more than that i mean it was it was awkwardly so quick (laughs) <laughs> because the Curtis Williams feature, he's another um, bigger artist, and we that was going, and we were actually like, I don't want to say like friends, but I've actually like know him, like I've hung out with him multiple times. We played a show with him a while back, hmm. and that took so long to like finally get it done. But the Chuck thing, my friend was one of my friends is at Fredo Santana's house, and Chuck was there, and he was like, <laughs> "Hey, Chuck." Um, 
my friends are like injury reserve. Like I can show you that like they have this song that they want you to get on, you know? And it was like, it was kind of just like we, it was approached so seriously that he kind of respected it. And he actually hadn't heard of our stuff before that, but obviously he checked it out. Like, obviously you're going to check it out. You don't want to like be on something that you don't like, you know what I mean? And he even told, he even told us, we were at his house yesterday and he even told us, he was like, yo, like the song was good. Like sometimes when people want me to get on stuff, I'll be like, oh, um, like send me another something, send me, send me something else. Or I'm not sure if I like this one. Let me hear another song that I can get on. We literally got the verse in eight hours. (laughs) It was nuts. That fast. It was, that's a really good turnaround. I thought it was, and it and it wasn't just like a, uh, a verse that he already had pre-written. It was definitely like written for the song, you know? That's, um, uh, I mean, that's, I can't think of like a bigger compliment, you know, for somebody who's coming up and, you know, obviously from an artist who, uh, seems to have had some influence on you guys. Yes, yeah. definitely. <clears throat> um, to, to sort of talk about influences a little bit, I mean, you know, and if, if you'll be willing to sort of say it so openly, you know, I mean, growing up or even just lately in the midst of putting together this tape or just leading up to the point when, uh, you know, I want to start making hip hop music. I mean, what kind of producers, uh, rappers were really like, you know, making you guys passionate about this stuff? Um, I know for me, um, at least modernly, modernly a big, a lot of my bigger influences are like Shabazz Palaces and, um, Chance the Rapper, Kendrick Lamar, um, even though it might not come through like Death Grips, um, I like like a lot of. Um, this is really corny, but I, I, most of the majority of it I've actually heard because of you. I'm really, I'm oh yeah, Rat King, and then I'm I'm a big. Um, this is really left field, but uh, Race Remmerd. When it comes to rap, um, I like a, a lot of that stuff. Um, I'm like my biggest thing is Kanye West. But when it comes to like our older influences, for me, it's like De La Soul, Diggable Planets. I'm a big Diggable Planets guy. Mm. Um, Tribe Called Quest. I'm trying to think of like what I, what about I mean, you on a production standpoint, Parker? Um, I mean the biggest are like, I mean the big like the most inspiring like hip hop artists like for like all over like outside of like just production and everything is just Kanye, you know? Yeah, because he like is constantly just pushing like the line forward if it feels like yeah the the biggest thing that i find like inspiring for kanye west for us is the fact that he's been able to like you said like take influence of like like things that like are coming new and push his barriers but to be able to do it in like a commercial like mainstream platform is the biggest thing for us because Mm -hmm. we don't want to be some like underground like hip-hop act like we want to be a very like commercially successful like kind of like how outcast was where they were really critically acclaimed but they were having these really big hits and it's something that's something that we really want to be able to do is to be commercially successful but at the same time like be innovative and be original you know what i mean and not just be following some some line which is is something that is so like for me it's the most impressive part about kanye west that he's able to have this commercial success but have like be still try to push himself and not like always feel too comfortable in his sound. Um, at least within. So, yeah. I mean, what about you? I mean, uh, for me, when I first started, I'd say probably not my biggest influence, but probably my favorite rapper was Eminem at the time. And then I think 
the first time I heard the minstrel show and I heard Fonte, that's when like I started to just change the way I view music and his honesty and everything just really rubbed off on me and I've taken that approach hmm. since then. It's uh it's it's and and I mean this kind of goes to what you were saying about sort of you know, trying to be this modern commercially successful act. But, um, again, it's, it's, it's interesting how much a lot of, I, I feel like you guys are so blatantly influenced by a lot of that older stuff, you know, by stuff like Fonte, by stuff like, uh, diggable planets and De La Soul. But, uh, again, it just feels so modern and it feels so new. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a really strong connection to that jazz rap era, but, um, it's really hard to sort of put my finger on exactly what it is just sort of makes it, um, uh, that way. I mean, I think it's just really kind of the playful attitude that comes through on a lot of the tracks that I just find to be similar with a lot of those artists. Right. Which is really cool. Cause like a year ago, that's like what we wanted well, to do is basically like it. replicate that kind of stuff. That was our biggest problem is when we first came out, we were really like replicate, like he said, we were replicating our, inf- our influences way too much. And it, and was, it was those influences like really specifically. Yeah. So. Just De La Diggle Planet Tribe completely just rip offs. And but it was it's, bad. It's probably just that like, it's like lingering around even now that we're like more like, all right, let's do us. And let's like make stuff that like can compete with like what's being put out right now it's like that's gonna stick with us and i feel like that's why it's like such a great like medium and i mean i mean he might get i mean the, the thing is is for me i still like how we still bring that vibe and honestly sometimes parker gets like really defensive if anyone says that we're like old school rap because they're like no he's like no we're not no we're not because it's something that we're like so not trying to be but yeah. i still like how we have like that vibe like i still want because that, that is missing. Like, people yeah. still say that where we... Because fr- the, th- the main thing is, like, when we first came out and we were first doing, like, the knockoff old school, like, golden age hip-hop shit, is people were like, oh, this is refreshing. Like, we haven't heard this in a while. Because, I mean, we had the Joey Badass shit, but it was, like, the more grimy, like, you know what I mean? Darker shit. And we were, like, trying to do the more bright shit. But then we were like, wait, we can do this, but still be ourselves. And it's something that... It was kind of hypocritical because I, I'm, like, the biggest, like, Joey Badass critique because I'm like, all right, I've already heard this. Like, why do I need to – I mean, this is just me. I'm just like, why do I need to listen to this? And I was like, how can I say this if we're doing the same exact thing, you know? So sure. it was something that we definitely, like, took a big leap for on this record. And I know Parker wants to take even more leaps. I still personally want to – Ha- still have that vibe, so people still yeah, kind of have that small sound like imitating. Like I want to keep that. Like I want to, like the feeling you get from it. Like I feel like we should keep that. Yeah, and then continually like push the boundaries of like what it, that physically sounds like. Though I mean, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Some sometimes uh, nostalgia can be a really easy thing to embrace because you know the the older music is already kind of out there, and it just kind of seems like with with new technology, you could pretty much recreate any sort of musical era as long as you just have like the know-how and you're willing to sort of put in a bit of the research. Absolutely. And, um, uh, uh, you know, you could just really just make a new record sound old, uh, uh, as, as, again, as long as you're putting in the effort. And plus, on top of it, you know, we're at a point right now in hip-hop where a lot of that 90s stuff is seen as classic and people are starting to get nostalgic for it. And a lot of those rappers, you know, like your you know your biggies and your tupacs and your nazes and all that and you know and jay-z's older stuff as well and and wu-tang you know people are seeing that as like you know the beatles and led zeppelin of 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 hip-hop music right um you know so so as a result people kind of look 
back on that stuff, you know, with like a bit of a halo effect and they kind of see it as this perfect thing, which, um, uh, you know, at the time, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the case. I mean, people, you know, it was hotly debated whether or not Tupac was good. It was hotly debated whether or not Biggie was better, you know, who was better. Um, but now that that stuff has withstood the test of time, uh, you know, people sort of see it in this, uh, uh, you know, on this pedestal. And uh, and as a result, you know, people are going to try to take those sounds and recreate them um, because it's kind of a it's it's a bit of an easy in, I think, sometimes. Right. Yeah. I, I think I mean, it, there's like there's like across like all like not even art forms like sports everything like it's just like there's a lot of i remember i read a book once where they talked about uh i forget which i think it was like the brothers Grimm like authors like they found like the it was like a big deal they found these journals from when they were like teenagers and it was like oh wow like we're gonna see like the rough like what they did before they wrote this stuff that like is now like literary like famous and whatnot and they found out it was just like very very like reminiscent of some other author that i don't quite remember and it was just like a big letdown but it's like i think it's just a universal that artists usually like get their like cut their teeth almost like mimicking what they love and then figure themselves yeah and i mean we see it like like parker pointed it out for me he's like you know this is healthy a lot of like really great artists at their early stages like sounded a lot like their influences and then kind of branched away from it he's like shit you can even hear it from like Kendrick before and like Drake before, like a lot of people were kind of quote unquote backpacky before they got like like quote unquote progressive or something. And I think that sure. a lot of the biggest things for rap acts, and this is my opinion on the Joey Badass thing, is I think he just blew too fast where he got so comfortable doing it that he doesn't feel like he needs to change one bit. And sure, and I, and that's like I'm happy that people weren't. I mean, people like it. Like people are still want us to play Black Sheep, and it's like, oh my god, no, I'm not playing. It's like our it was like the biggest song off that project it was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Hmm. And it's people still like it, but it's just like the fact that we didn't do well doing that, it pushed us to be ourselves, you know? And I feel like there's some artists that they blow up so fast in their early stages. And I think it, another one is like the ASAP, ASAP Rocky. He blew up so fast that now he's trying to prove that he's actually an artist and he's like really confused on it. Um, and he's trying to figure it out. I mean, no disrespect. Like, that's what I'm saying. All these guys, like, do their thing. Like, I still look up to these guys. I'd still like to work with these guys. Um, I actually saw it. It was kind of cool. ASAP Rocky <laughs> was at the Chuck English uh, album release show. Um, so that was cool. I mean, yeah, the album release. His he album listening show. Party. Yeah, the listening party. He fought somebody in, like, an inflatable pool battle. Like, bubble. Like, that was <laughs> yeah. the rarest thing I've It was ever really seen. rare, yeah. With that, that new kid, Buddy, that's coming up. That was on the new Chance and BJ Chicago Kid. Record, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, you were just kind of referencing uh, uh, some live, you know, playing some songs live that people want to hear. I mean, what what have your live shows been like since the release of this project? I mean, you showed me that video of everybody screaming pretty much every word to the hook of everybody knows in this in this. It seemed like a pretty sizable room. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it was like. That's the only show we've played. That that was the album release show. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. And it was like so fun. It was obviously the most fun we've ever played, and it was like incredible because of how bigger our fan base is now, and people like knew the. I could just stop rapping, and people would know At the words. Any point in time of the show, it was one of the. Stop. It was crazy. It was one of the bigger crowds we've played, and they were like almost every single person was there for us. Yeah, exactly. Like so it's not the fact that because we, we play. Obviously, you play like big crowds when you're opening up for someone, and they're there to see that people. But to see that we had that crowd, and that crowd was there for us, 
Hmm. And the thing is, is all the the two bands that are the two acts that opened up for us are affiliated with us too. Like they're in our collective too. So the, like we have intertwinable fan bases. So it was just really cool. It was like so, energy. Yeah. Oh. So so you know, wrapping up a little bit, uh, what's, what's next for you guys? Like what's, what's immediately in the future? I mean, are you working on more collaborations? Are you working on new material? Are you thinking about doing more live performances soon? Like kind of what's, what's immediately on your minds before, you know, doing this interview in terms of like the next step that you're trying to do for the group? Um, we definitely want to put out, um, some post album single. So we definitely want to do some videos for some of the songs that people liked off of the album. Hmm. Um, we want to do that. We want to have some things tangible for the fans. We want to yeah. have some hard copies. We want to have some merchandise. Um, we want to do like a mini West Coast tour. So we want. So that's, that's that means we I do. Mean, it's, it's like we can't talk that much about it, but it looks pretty like solid. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much we're going to have we're going to be on the like do some stops on the West Coast and then hopefully eventually do the same thing on the East Coast or for the rest of the country. So we definitely have all of that mixed up, and then while at the same time, like getting prepared for working on the next project, which you never, you, you know, obviously you never get a break at this level. We always are going to be working on that. Um, while the next, like the immediately right now, we need to put out a video. So that's like mentally yeah, that, what we're focusing and then on. One more local show that we're going to like release. Yeah, we're going to do stuff. a pop up show probably. That'll be really like really physical fun. stuff. That it's yeah. And um, uh, so, uh, uh, what what video are you planning on? Uh, uh, what what song are you planning on doing a video for? Wow! You know, you, can can you tell me that, or is that a secret? Um, I, I wish I could well, tell you. I just okay, don't, okay. You 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 don't, you don't got to tell me. Um, no, I, we don't really have anything. Oh, okay. We well, um, want to be as wow as possible. Yeah. Okay. And it's kind of, and it's terrifying, like knowing that people, like people, have expectations for our videos now because of mm. what type of reputation we've kind of pushed out for what kind of videos we release. Like you said, like there, it's all either it's like somewhat interactive or it's something kind of new. Whether it's you can like you know what I mean, it's still us. So it's something that we want to figure out. The problem is what we really, really want to do is like a like O four Missy Elliott video, but they don't even like. Big artists don't even do those anymore because those sets cost like millions of dollars. So. With like the completely black background and like all the crazy costume changes, yeah, and, like, I mean, the, uh, and, and 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 like the like, fish and the fisheye lens and everything. Just want to have like thirty dancers just in a yeah. line, just going. <laughs> sure, it, we want it as wow as possible, but obviously there's only so many things that are like grabbable for us yeah. when it comes to our level, or and even just like what people do, like after like right. Little B introduced the whole handheld like. Me and the generation. Man, me and Nick were like having a very long discussion about this last night. Like as we, we were like looking at because we were like driving home from LA last night, and we were kind of like coming back up on like Phoenix, like the downtown area, and we were just looking, like trying to like visually see what would be like the most like impressive thing we could do, and we couldn't come up with anything really. But. We're trying to blow some shit up. Yeah, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. That's you, for, you guys are out in the desert. You've got plenty of opportunities uh, and plenty of place to blow things up. Exactly. And finally, for the immediate future, I mean, are you guys planning on just kind of keeping it independent for right now? Or has, has any sort of label shown any interest? Or is, is, that, is that even something you would care about? Or do you think that's sort of something that, you know, moving forward is um, less and less of a priority of, of sort of you know, newer up and coming artists in the internet era. 
We definitely haven't been um, we haven't been approached um, yet, but at the same time, we know that how big we want to be so big that we know some point there's a ce- there's a ceiling and, and like at an independent rate for us. So if we stayed independent, there's we feel like there's only so big that we can go, and we know like what it's going to have to take to be as big because we really do want to be huge. So. That's definitely we know that that's pro- we're probably going to have to sign eventually to but something. For the foreseeable future, we're probably just going to take everything like as it comes and like yeah, exactly. Because obviously, you want enough leverage where you don't just get yeah, like, you want over. exactly. You want them to feel like they know that we can do everything by themselves, and they is, we just need a little bit of their help just to take it to the next level, which is something that we do plan on um, proving. Okay. I think we will uh, cut it off here. Again, this has been the Needle Drop Podcast. I'm Anthony Fantano, and in this episode, we had on Arizona Hip Hop Outfit Injury Reserve. I will link you guys down in the description to uh, not only my review of their new tape, but to a link where you can download that tape as well, live from the dentist office. Uh, Guys, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much.